0: Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. at cbsi.com. Here
1: we go!
2: It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
1: Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, James, Alright everybody, we welcome you back from a long weekend. This is fantasy football today. You know, those rookie running backs, they were really good last year. Saquon Barkley was the number one running back in PPR. He actually scored more fantasy points in PPR than Todd Gurley did in two thousand seventeen. Sony Michelle was really good in stretches. Nick Chubb was awesome. Ronald Jones uh, uh never mind, forget about Ronald Jones. We're gonna talk about him and the rest of the year two running backs uh today. Jamie's back. Hey Jamie. Hey, buddy. Actually, you know, I didn't give you the proper intro that you deserve. Today, for the first time in two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, he is Jamie Eisenberg. We say... Welcome back. Welcome back, Jamie.
0: Yeah, first time in two weeks uh, that I've been working. First time in a month that I've actually been on a full show. Oh, wow. You cut me off for uh, my Pro Bowl and Super Bowl appearances.
2: I I like uh, the timely reference,
1: Adam.
0: And you'll you'll cut (laughs) me off, I'm sure, next week from the combine also, right?
1: Oh, why well, you're not going to be here? You're no, going to the, the combine? combine? Yes. That's fun. Have you been to the combine before?
0: No, it'll be first time. I would have gone last year, except uh, I had a child.
1: Dave, have you gone to the combine? Never in my life. Have you guys been to Indianapolis before? Never yes. in my life.
0: Yes, I uh, I've covered uh, a Colts practice, Colts Bears joint uh, practice.
1: Well, they have this restaurant there. <clears throat> It's got a little bit of everything. Uh, it's got like beef and and dessert. It's called Steak and Shake. I ate there. It's terrific.
0: I've, I've heard uh, one of our coworkers um, had an interesting experience there that I cannot share.
1: Oh, really? I was just kidding. Because Steak and Shake is everywhere. Yeah, that's my uh, inside Indianapolis advice. Okay, give me a Thank year- you. I'll be
0: I'll be sure to attend. <laughs>
1: I well, love we are Church.
0: we are going to have uh, a lot of great coverage coming from the combine. Our our entire uh, staff of NFL writers uh, will be there, and our uh, our draft guys will be there. Um, by the way, for those of you who are looking for some great NFL draft coverage, Ryan Wilson is uh, a one of our NFL bloggers. He is uh, taking the lead role in our draft coverage, and Ryan's doing a fantastic job. He was at the Senior Bowl in Mobile and uh, he will have uh, every little tidbit you'll ever need about the NFL draft all on
1: cbssports.com. Excellent. We're going to be talking about more and more about that, um, starting with the combine. Okay, your two running back. Who will take a step up? Jamie, who's going to take a step up next year?
0: Uh, he was one of my favorite guys going into the draft, or coming out of the draft last year, going into the draft as well. But uh, on Johnson, Um maybe you heard me say I like him. Uh, (laughs) I, I was impressed the way he was starting to pick things up before he suffered his knee injury. And hopefully he will pick up that pace, uh, when he's back on the field, which all reports indicate that he should be fine. Um, he scored at least 14 PPR points in four of his last five games, finally starting to get, I think a hold of the offense and and getting used the right way. But he was catching passes out of the backfield. He had, uh, least three catches in three of his final four games two of those games he had at least six catches so I think he's going to be uh, very very uh, successful as a full-time running back in Detroit
2: and that's the key is that he becomes a full-time running back and that was something that we were very worried about last year and then when he got that opportunity he did very well with it before he got hurt Daryl Bevel's the new offensive coordinator there you guys know Bevel's track record with running the football. He had Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch. Those guys were great. I think if on Johnson just – if he plays exactly like he did toward the end of last season, it's a no-brainer that he will be uh, very productive, very good for fantasy. I've got him ranked ahead of Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, Darius Geis, and so on and so forth, uh,
0: 17th among non-PPR running backs.
1: Am I crazy for taking on Johnson ahead of Sonny Michel?
0: In PPR, no. In non PPR, yes. But it's close, close in non PPR. I mean, just we have to see Michelle catch the ball. We have to see what the
2: Patriots' running back group looks like. And well, I hope, it'll the, be, I it'll hope be, the Lions it'll be at
0: least white, Michelle.
2: I hope the Lions don't do something stupid and uh, add somebody else. Riddick should be out the door. Yes, LeGarrette Blunt's out the door. Don't don't go crazy, Detroit. Don't start drafting running backs in round two or something. to – so
1: yeah, you yeah, know, have split
0: workload. Well, Don't they're going to add some. some. No you can't, you can't yeah, trust Karrion Johnson. situation. Uh, I, I would be more concerned about if they signed somebody like Mark Ingram.
1: Yeah, let's, let's let Karrion Johnson spread his wings. He had three games with, uh, I think, 15 or more carries, and he was awesome in all three of them. Had 87 or more yards in all three. Had a touchdown in one at 158 yards against Miami. All right, let's go to Dave's guy. Dave, um, running back, that's going to take a step up in year two.
2: Edo Smith is going to be a top 100 fantasy pick this year. I believe that Tevin Coleman's going to move on from Atlanta. I don't think they want to pay him after they overpaid Devontae Freeman, and I think they're going to keep Devontae Freeman. And they'll go with Freeman and Smith as their one-two power couple at running back. Freeman could get hurt again, and that'll open the door for Ito to be in the old Tevin Coleman role where he's getting all the work, and I think he was pretty good with it Um for the better part, he was a part-time guy. I can't say he was good with a full-time role. He never really had it. Knows for the end zone. Patient runner. I think the opportunity will be there. I've got him ranked 85th overall in non-PPR.
1: That's interesting. Do you anticipate drafting Ido Smith? Same issue that we had with Tevin Coleman. Like, it was tough to draft Tevin Coleman if you didn't have Devontae Freeman. You knew if there was an injury to Freeman, there was tremendous upside. And he ended up with... uh over a thousand, about 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns this year, um, but you knew if Devontae Freeman didn't get hurt, you were probably going to have a guy that you would rather have on your bench, you know. So, so I assume Edo Smith, he certainly will go later than Tevin Coleman was going. Um, would you only want to pair the two, or would you take them independently, Freeman and Edo Smith in this scenario?
2: I don't mind taking Ito independently. Freeman if I if I'm getting Freeman I'm hopefully getting him in round 5. I don't know if I'm going to get him in round 5. If I do, then I'm going to try and get Ito right around the curve in 7 8 somewhere in there.
1: Freeman around 5. I was thinking more he'd be like a round 3 late 3 early 4 pick.
0: Maybe he moves up that. Where do you well, have, where uh, do you have Freeman? I haven't done my rankings yet, but um I would imagine Freeman is going to go around 4.
2: Okay. Yeah, maybe he will fall to round five. You never know. I uh, think a lot of people are going to be scared off of Freeman.
0: Yeah, but if he's healthy, you're going to get a great value pick. And and I think you look at Dirk Cutter's history, he's going to probably lean on one guy more so than Sarkeesian did. Um, so we'll see how, you know, Edo Smith does independently of an injury.
1: All right, let's go to your two running back who will take a step back. And Dave, let's start with you. Who's your guy who's taking a step back as a sophomore?
2: I'm a little nervous about Philip Lindsay after – a 10 touchdown season with over five yards per carry in an offense that will now be piloted by Joe Flacco. I'm, I'm not going to guarantee that he's going to split work with Royce Freeman again, but I would say odds are that he won't be in every down back. And I'm just, I'm kind of spooked by the entire Broncos offense at this point. The line has a lot of questions. The receiving core has questions. And I'm just worried that it could be too many factors for Lindsay to overcome.
1: It's kind of amazing that he had the season that he did. Philip Lindsay was 13th in PPR, 11th in non-PPR. And a stat that really jumped out at me, Denver was 3rd in the NFL in yards per carry, behind Carolina and Green Bay. Um really surprising. Uh, just their offense stunk. So I it does feel a little bit difficult to believe they're going to run the ball that effectively next year, but maybe it's just a testament to how good Philip Lindsay is. yards per carry, I think Dave mentioned that. He had the 17th most carries in the NFL. He missed one game, hurt his wrist in Week 16. Um, And Royce Freeman is still there, and he's another year-two running back we'll talk about. uh, Jamie, do you also think Philip Lindsay takes a step back?
0: Yeah, slightly. I mean, I I think, you know, you have a a total change. Uh, New offense coordinator, new head coach. Um, The one thing that Philip told me he was excited about with the coaching change was that they're keeping his running back's coach, uh, or keeping the Broncos' running back's coach. Um, So he, he... Thinks that continuity will help the group, but he himself said, for their team to be better, he would like to see more out of Royce Freeman. More, you know, he said if Devontae Booker's there, more out of Booker. You know, just getting more production so probably take the load off of him. Um, he's also coming off with a pretty significant injury. You know, um, his, his wrist is still in a cast. Who knows if he's going to be ready for OTAs? And um, you know, that that's something that could be a, a problem for him. It, it was the, the flexor injury is not exactly an easy recovery as he's proving right now so he hasn't been able to do any of the rehab stuff um i I do think though his situation is fascinating because he is i I got the chance to speak to him uh, essentially twice uh once uh, at the pro bowl once uh, at the super bowl he was on radio row and he just comes across as you know you hear these stories all the time about guys that are are really self-motivated and trying to prove themselves he still lives with his parents he's an nfl player that still lives with his parents he has no money, you know, I mean, by comparison to these guys, because he's an undrafted free agent. He's lucky enough to have played his high school ball and his college ball in, in Denver and now is obviously his NFL career. So he's looking to, you know, establish himself as as a guy in this league. And I think he proved himself pretty successful uh, in his rookie campaign. You know, he said his one goal was to, you know, be able to play on special teams and clearly he got an opportunity to show he can play in this game, uh, play in this league, and, and, and is proving himself. So I, I like the uh, the player. I, I just think the scenario is going to bring him down a little bit.
1: We'd like to see him catch the ball more, too. Seems like he'd be good in that role. He only had three catches, Philip Lindsay. I'm trying to think, who are the best undrafted free agent running backs? <clears throat> in recent history, Alfred Morris was one, right? Or was he a seventh-round pick? No, he round was a sixth-round pick. Round. Was a six- round pick. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think. And then he had a great rookie year and just got kind of worse every year. But Lindsay really looks good. I mean, he looked really looked apart.
0: And he wasn't invited to the combine, which is just dumb.
1: <laughs> uh, Makes the
2: combine look kind of the process looks silly. So Jamie, who's your guy? I don't that's believe pre Holmes back? was drafted, by the way. Like I don't know why that's the first name that comes to mind for great undrafted running backs, but there's one.
1: All right, here we go. I've got I'm going to look this up. Uh, the 25 best undrafted players in NFL history according to Fox Sports, Cameron's De Silva from August two thousand seventeen. So I will I will take a look at this. Jamie, tell me the running back who's going to take a step back next year. I
0: mean it's 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 clearly contingent on whatever the suspension Kareem Hunt gets, but you know, Nick Chubb is, is, is in trouble if it's not twelve games for Kareem Hunt. You know, if we're if we're talking six games or, or fewer, oh. then Nick Chubb's in trouble. So um, you know, you don't add the NFL's leading rusher from two years ago and he doesn't see the field. Especially when the GM's the guy who drafted him. So, uh, you know, I I hope it's a, from Nick Chubb's standpoint, for dynasty owners that have Nick Chubb, that it's a 12-plus game suspension. But if it's uh, single digits and and low single digits, then it's going to be a messy situation for Nick Chubb to be a great fantasy option.
2: I think Hunt's going to have to earn every step of it. And I
0: think that there's a better chance that Hunt takes work away from Duke Johnson than he does Nick Chubb. He's going to take away from both of them. I mean, again, he's the better, he'd be the best talent in that backfield. So if if uh, that's an interesting in, debate. Yeah, I don't know if I'd agree with. That. Well, he's a more successful, complete running back. So um, he he proved that his rookie season compared to Chubb's rookie season. So I think you look at what uh, Kareem Hunt's skill set would be. Um, if, in fact, he's going to be active for 10 plus games, then it's going to be tough for Nick Chubb to build off of what he did as a rookie.
2: Don't you think that a little bit of the success for Hunt was because of the offense that he played
0: in? Sure. You can say the same thing for Chubb. I mean, he played in a good offense, too.
2: Yeah. But it wasn't as good. And well sure. Damian I mean that's Williams, the difference between a guy Williams running for thirteen hundred yards
0: in. and the guy running for nine hundred yards. Like, I mean, Duke it's, Johnson it's was in this situation. offense for several years. He had one
2: good season, and Chubb gets his opportunity. And Hyde got off yeah, but, to a decent start. But last Duke year. Johnson's oh, a different
1: player. But Carlos like, Carlos Hyde's a good example. Carlos Hyde in my opinion was not nearly as good as Nick Chubb. Well Chubb's better than Carlos Hyde. Yeah, yeah. Right. But um so it's not, you know Okay. Okay. Uh there are two undrafted free agent running backs on this top twenty-five list. Priest Holmes. More. Go ahead. Uh I never heard of Orion uh, Foster. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Arian Foster. <laughs> Arian Foster. Uh, they have how Priest we, Holmes uh, ahead, but
2: yeah, who what else? Yeah. How could we forget about Danny Woodhead? Chicago's very own Pierre Thomas. Okay, Garrett Blunt. <laughs> oh,
1: all right. Garrett Blunt was undrafted.
0: Yeah, remember the punch?
1: I didn't realize that he was undrafted. Okay, uh, number one on the list is Warren Moon, by the way, the best undrafted free agent ever, just ahead of Kurt Warner. All right, good list. Thank you, Fox Sports. Um, all right, so look, those are Carryon Johnson, Edo Smith, Nick Chubb, and Philip Lindsay. They are just four of a big group of running backs. I'm going to go through the rest of them, and you guys can tell me uh, quickly or not quickly, whatever you deem appropriate, how you think they're going to do, better or worse next year. Saquon Barkley, number three, I believe, in non PPR, number one in PPR last year. Better or worse in two thousand nineteen?
2: Same. He's going to be awesome. He is worth the number one overall pick in fantasy. Here's Top
1: a three. guy. Here's a guy I really want. I really, I really want to take some shots on Rashad Penny. Thoughts?
0: Yeah. So we're doing these videos. Uh, you can find them on on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, Pete Prisco and I are breaking down every NFL team and their free agent needs. And then a fantasy storyline, that's one we talked about yesterday, Pete's opinion, uh, drink by the way, Um, Pete's (laughs) opinion is um, that they're going to give Rashad Penny a lot more work. And he makes sense in in how he is explaining it that he didn't know the playbook as a rookie and he's going to have a lot more time now to to clearly grasp things. So it's going to just make things a little bit more problematic for our perspectives because Chris Carson was so good to close the season. And you think that he's going to get every opportunity to be the guy to open the season, but if Penny does understand things more and he's on the field, I think it's a good call out of him. I think he's in that same kind of category as Edo Smith, you know, somebody that you're going to take with the chance of becoming something potentially great. And if, in fact, that happens, then you have a, a, a star.
1: Yeah. Did you guys feel when you were watching Rashad Penny just a few plays, you're like, whoa, but like, this guy yeah, he's, is a he's, highlight, he's, he's right? A, he's
0: a different runner than Chris Carson by far. Yeah. And he only had two games with double digits and carries. That's going to change. He's so, got to stay healthy,
1: too. Yeah, check this stat out. The Seahawks were second in the NFL in rush attempts behind the Ravens. <clears throat> I'm going to assume they were first uh, before the Lamar Jackson switch, but the Ravens averaged 34.2 rush attempts per game, with their quarterback getting a ton of them. The Seahawks averaged 33.4 rush attempts per game. The Patriots were third, 29.9. I mean, that is a huge drop from two to three in rush attempts per game. They ran the ball a ton. Um, Dave, a quick and thought on Penny. Yeah. I Penny think for your thoughts? Seahaw- Damn it. Ah, it. Ah. I
2: think, I think if the Seahawks had their way, they'd use both Carson and Penny and whoever had the hotter hand is who would get more carries on a week to week basis. I, it, I, I like it. You could almost make the same case for Penny as you could for Edo Smith that it's better to just wait to get him in the round seven, eight range than it would be to take the presumed starter to begin the year. Carson will be more expensive than. Devante Freeman on draft day. He'll go, He'll get picked ahead of Freeman.
1: Uh, we have uh, Sonny Michel, our last round one running back from 2018's draft. Sonny Michel, better or worse?
0: Better. I think he'll be more involved in the passing
1: game. Agreed. Yeah, he, he was 25th in non-PPR, 33rd in PPR, with the 14th most carries in the NFL, but only seven catches.
0: And he missed some time with the knee problems.
1: Yes, he did. Uh, and, yeah. And
0: you also have an aging quarterback that's gonna they're gonna run the ball a little bit more. And you know, I, I think it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with Gronk if he's not there and they don't upgrade the receiving core. Then it's gonna be, I think, early Tom Brady career around him. You know, just play defense, run the ball, and not necessarily ask Brady to have to do everything.
1: Yeah, like I said, they are they did run the ball third most in the NFL. Okay, round two, running backs. We talked about two of these guys, Chubb and on Johnson. The other two who were drafted in round two last year, this is obviously the NFL draft, uh, Ronald Jones and Darius Geis. Darius Geis was almost as productive as Ronald Jones, and he (laughs) (laughs) missed the entire season. Uh, How hopeful are you for, for these two?
2: I'm hopeful for Geis. I like the fact that he's running now and seems to be on track to getting back on the field. We will see if Adrian Peterson remains a teammate of his in 2019. If he is, that would be a problem. If he's not, and that's great news for Darius Geis, who has potential to be the 65 um, percent playing time running back for a bad Redskins team.
0: They got to figure out the quarterback situation to determine how good guys can potentially be. Because, look, he, it's not going to be good. He, well, I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be awful, though. You know, if they get a competent veteran, you know, like a Tyrod Taylor, maybe um, Tannehill Bridgewater. Yeah. Um, you know, those are the, the guys you're looking at. And I, I think at least it's not going to be you know, like Kyler Murray is, is going to be on their draft board unless they really move up and get Haskins. Um, it, it, that's, I think, going to determine the, the stealing for Geis. But I think you're getting him uh, as, as a low end number two flex type of running back. And, and there's a lot to like about his upside. Ronald Jones has is, is just got way too much to prove. And, you know, uh, Bruce Arians obviously gets a lot of numbers out of his, his, his rushers. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be the guy, though, because that's not going to be somebody that he's going to be fond of.
2: He is nothing like the type of running back that Arians goes for. Arians likes thicker-built guys, certainly versatile guys. Jones is still a work in progress as a pass catcher. He really uh, – he flamed out way too soon.
1: Yeah, but that I mean they're thro- – and, and this is a completely different coaching towel?
2: staff, so they're right. not going to have any reason to justify the Ronald Jones pick.
1: But it's the same GM. And he took him in the second round. It's. They also took
0: a kicker. Yeah, in the right, round. right,
1: right, right. <laughs> How many years is, did they give him? At this him? point, the GM should
2: just be happy that he's got the gig.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And uh, when it
2: comes <laughs> to picking players in the draft, here's his move. What do you want to do, Bruce?
0: Uh, they should just stop. They should just cancel the second round for Tampa Bay. <laughs> um, yeah, they only gave they Aguayo also, one year. They also took. Uh, I, I just was trying to remember what his name was. Uh, Jeremy May in the fifth round of the 2017 draft, and I believe they cut him in training camp. Oy. So they're, they're not necessarily tied to uh, some of their draft picks.
1: All right, round three, only one running back went in round three. I'm going to double check to make sure that's right. It was Royce Freeman. And uh, Freeman averaged four yards per carry at 130 yards, 521 rushing – 130 carries, sorry, 521 rushing yards and five touchdowns. So sometimes week 17 statistics can sort of get away from me because we don't do the recap show. He had eight catches in week 17 out of 14 for the season. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. That was without... That was without, uh, without Lindsay. Without did Lindsay. Lindsay have a game with even... How many games did he have with four or more catches? Because that's wild. I think you'd be surprised. I think he probably well, had... Booker, Booker was a leading re-
0: receiver out of the backfield, right?
1: Booker had five catches yes. in week 17. Um, but Lindsay had, but uh, Freeman had eight, <laughs> which was weird. What kind of role do you think Freeman has? And also, I can get into it a little bit if you care. I broke down Lindsay versus Freeman in the red zone, inside the 10, and inside the 5 in the final, I think, seven games of the season after Lindsay, after Freeman returned from injury. Um, but yeah, what kind of role do you think Royce Freeman has? Is he somebody worth drafting? Oh, 100%. Well, so, I mean, I get it that someone needs to draft him. I don't really want it to be me. You know, why, why
2: you wouldn't do it with a mid to late round pick.
1: No, because I was never the guy who took Tevin Coleman. Because I I really think that in this scenario, with um, w- in this scenario with Royce Freeman, you need a Philip Lindsay injury for him to be worth starting. Otherwise, you're going to have a guy who at the end of the year accumulates some fantasy points, finishes probably as a top 24 running back. But when you say when
0: you say not drafting, not you wouldn't take him in double digit rounds. I guess you wouldn't we got, take him after 100th overall.
1: Well, um, yeah, yeah, you okay, maybe. Because
2: trust me, the, the running backs More like of the left at that point for me. aren't going to be very pretty. And at least here's one who's a second year player who showed some flashes and has some potential.
1: When I say I don't want to draft him, I mean, I anticipate his value will be too high for me because I just think Lindsay's so much better. Whereas I, I compare that to Rashad Penny. And I like his chances of overtaking the starter oh, well, much Penny more. Penny will go.
0: Penny will go sooner. Right. I, I I think you're looking at it maybe from the wrong perspective, or or at least the perspective of you know not drafting him where you expect his ADP to be. If his ADP is in the range, I guess what you're saying, then sure you'll you'll pass on him. But I don't think it's going to be that high. What do you think it'll be? I think it'll be round ten to twelve. I think it'll be before then.
2: What do you... round? Late round nine, round ten. So this is Royce
1: Freeman we're talking about. Yeah, late now, is that when you would take him, and what do you think his role will be?
2: I've got him at 103rd overall. And well, I'm thinking more PPR. I don't think
0: people are looking at him in in PPR as somebody that's going to have sure. the chance to help you barring an injury. In non-PPR, it's different because the touchdowns will help him.
1: Yeah, he's the only, uh, the only round three running back taken last year. And if you are interested in the red zone data, so after – Freeman missed two games. uh November eighteenth he came back at that point. Philip Lindsay had thirteen red Zone carries. Royce Freeman had eight. Philip Lindsay had seven carries inside the ten. Royce Freeman had three. Philip Lindsay had three carries inside the five. Royce Freeman had two. so that was pretty even. Uh, I guess my my impression was that after he got hurt and Lindsay showed what he could do, that it was basically Lindsay's job in, in all areas of the field, and uh, not a hundred percent true. All right, round four running backs from 2018's draft: Naim Hines, the arrested Mark Walton, Edo Smith, Kalen Bulaj, Chase Edmonds.
2: Go ahead, Jamie. What? Make your comment about Mark Walton, where he went to school. <laughs>
1: um, he did. Okay, he did go went to Miami. Yeah, that's, that's true. Now, so do these guys get drafted? Hines, Walton, Ito, Bulaj, and Edmonds.
0: Balazs is going to be popular. If he's the guy. Well, I mean, I I think you look at it, if they don't add anybody, and you're just talking about Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balaj as the top two guys, then yes, he's going to be popular. Because his skill set can be fantastic if he gets the workload. I like him. Me too.
1: Yeah, let him go. Let him fly. All right, that's round four. Round five, Jalen Samuels and Jordan Wilkins. Jalen Samuels and Jordan Wilkins.
0: Well, Wilkins was a flop. You know, he didn't get he didn't take advantage of the opportunity when Marlon Mack was hurt. So, I mean, you're talking maybe last round pick if uh, if he comes in as the number two guy behind Mack, and that's a big if.
2: Indianapolis has a lot of money to spend. They could easily sign one of these free agent running backs.
0: And yeah, I, I would hope they don't put everybody else on ice. Let let Marlon Mack do what he did last year because he was great. Um, Samuel is interesting just with the the standpoint of what if he's second on the depth chart. You know, James Conner showed last year he couldn't hold up for 16 games, and so if in fact uh, you know Samuels, who um, is getting a former member of his coaching staff at NC State now on the Steelers' coaching staff, um, that will uh, that will help things for him. I, I think he's he's somebody you're gonna you're gonna handcuff to Conner. You know, he's gonna be the the next Steelers
1: backup running back that everybody's gonna fall for. By the way, uh, Jordan Wilkins averaged 5.6 yards per carry.
0: Yeah, but a lot of that was benefited by some long runs.
1: Yeah, it was. YPC for life, and I don't care. So I'm not entirely YPC for life. Uh, Running backs went around six last year. John Kelly to the Rams. Boston Scott to New Orleans. Trenton Cannon to the Jets. And then around seven, David Williams to Denver. Bo Scarborough to Dallas. Nick Baudin to Detroit. And Justin Jackson, the only one that actually did anything, to the
0: Chargers. It's it's funny. um, Scott and Kelly were very popular. In the preseason, Kelly with the thought of if something happens to Todd Gurley, then he could be the guy. And Boston Scott was one of the names that was talked about as the potential Mark Ingram replacement. And neither of them did anything. Boston (laughs) Scott ended up on a different team. So did David Williams. So did Bo Scarborough.
1: Yeah, Bo Scarborough, right. Yeah, Justin Jackson was... Oh, I remember when he scored that touchdown in, what was it, week 15? The most exciting fantasy moment of my life. I was so it was a third it was a Thursday night game it was against the Chiefs. hmm. He was terrible. And then he saved it all in the fourth quarter. And ended up with a pretty big game. Uh, and then of course there was Philip Lindsay as an undrafted free agent. All right, there good is, job.
0: Um one more undrafted rookie free agent you should keep an eye on next year. Potentially. Who we got? Chris Warren. Go on. For the Raiders. They don't have anybody really of significance at all in their backfield right now. And he was great in the preseason last year. They redshirted him, basically. Yeah. He didn't have a major... I, I, I would just keep an eye on him. If, if he's available and you can make transactions in your dynasty league, go pick him up.
1: All right, we got some emails. Fantasy Baseball... Nope. Nope, wrong. Fantasy football at CBSi.com, although you should be listening to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. We're going to have to react to the Manny Machado news tomorrow. football at CBSi.com. Hey, you'd be surprised, man. His, his OPS away from home... Throughout his career, like, not good. This is, a, this is a really potentially big deal. Like, it would have been much better if he had ended up with the White Sox. Yes. <laughs> Are going to play
0: him at short or third?
1: I think third. Um, but he'll be eligible at short. Alrighty. Anyway, uh, we'll read some emails, do some news and notes right after this. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Here's our email of the day. It is from Trevor from the fifth most unaffordable city to live in in the world.
0: Sleepy Hollow, New York?
1: Yeah. so I was going to say. Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear Dan, Brett, Peyton, and Tom. Quarterbacks. All right. He wants us to settle some arguments that he's having with his buddies. Argument number one. One person feels that quarterbacks need to sit out at least their first year uh, to understand the game and be better prepared. They feel that historically quarterbacks that sit at least one season, Patrick Mahomes, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Steve Young, have a higher chance of becoming a superstar and a franchise quarterback. The other person believes it's all about the coaches and sitting or not playing um, plays no factor. The coaches either put them in a position to win or not. So let's start with that argument. What do you guys think?
2: So it has absolutely nothing to do with the makeup of the player himself. It's either the coaches or it's the waiting. That determines whether or not a quarterback... I mean, I'm get. sure there's a
0: maturity factor, too, so age. Yes. Um, I guess you could throw Kurt Warner in there, too, right? Um, in terms of successful yeah, guys well, that sure. didn't play right away.
1: Dante uh, Culpepper didn't play right away. I remember I mean, that.
0: Pey- Peyton Manning was pretty good,
1: right? Brought, Marino was pretty good. Peyton Manning was terrible as rookie year, and then obviously... doesn't he, matter, though. Yeah, exactly. Right away. Yeah, played right away. I don't um, think I don't think there's a right or wrong to this. Marino, Elway, those guys played right away? I used to argue with Prisco about it. Oh, hold on. I'll get my water. I started with Pete Prisco about it. I will drink in a second. Um, Because he was like, let him play. Let the kid play. Let the kid play. You know, it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes it's better not to.
0: We had this conversation, again, on, on these videos that we're doing about Josh Rosen, who, you know, got destroyed, essentially. He got beat up behind a bad offensive line with lack of weapons and poor coaching and all those things that, you know, could destroy a young guy. And so we'll see how he does bouncing back if, in fact, he stays in Arizona with the, uh, the thought of maybe them moving on from him and drafting Kyler Murray or or Haskins or whoever. Um, I, I think that those are the interesting case studies. Look at Jared Goff. He had a terrible scenario his rookie season. He only played half the year. And then he came back as a sophomore with better coaching, their talent. Better line. <laughs> He's been great. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it, it, it's probably no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, I, I wish we could settle the argument for you, but uh, – there, there's examples on both sides of of, of going e- either way you know and how these things tend to work out
2: yeah agree. i think I, I think if a quarterback plays too soon and uh isn't mentally stable or mentally prepared he'll
0: he'll be ruined for his entire career
1: right there, there's more downside probably to playing a guy early well well again
0: you know you, you look at recent examples golf being one uh we'll, we'll see how rosen does i think josh allens a good example too you know he was miserable to start the season. And then he had the injury and came back and he was a star.
1: Darnold Trubisky too was bad his rookie year.
2: Right. And um, that one you can put on the coaches.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. Similar in fact, you great. might yeah. say that
2: he was, he was better this year because of the coaches. Oh, of course that, meaning that I don't yeah, know if he's as calling. good as we think he is because of the play calling
0: that he's got. But right. again, more talent, you know, they added weapons.
1: All right. The second argument in regards to just arm talent alone. Not stats, not situation, not results. Arm talent alone, who are the top five quarterbacks of twenty eighteen? Um I think that just means like who are the top five quarterbacks, you know, today? One person thinks it's Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, and Carson Wentz for top three. Not Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes is obviously he the kind number of belongs, one. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's clearly
0: number one on this list. I had I had the uh, chance to speak to both Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Um, I'm doing a, a, a story on on Mahomes. Um, I think for our magazine, but uh, at some point it'll, it'll be on the site as well. And I spoke to a bunch of defensive backs at the Pro Bowl, and then um, Kelsey and and Tyree Kill, and we had a panel discussion with them, and just asking them, you know, what's it like when the ball comes out. From all these different angles, and Travis Kelsey was just like, you never know where it's coming. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you just, you never, you never. It could be lefty, it could be, you know, sidearm, it could be underneath. It could, you know, he's just, he's so unique in how he gets the job done. Um, I have a, I have a good Travis Kelsey story about the offense, comparing it to Alex Smith. You want me to tell? It?
1: Oh, you want to wait for uh, Thursday?
0: I'll wait for Thursday. All that's right, D's yeah. for
1: it. Okay, cool. Yeah. He so had, he had one of
0: the best analogies I've, I've ever
1: heard. <laughs> oh, actually, that's that'll be fun. All right, so. Mahomes is clearly number one in terms of arm talent. I, I don't know what constitutes arm talent. It can't just be arm strength, right? Because, like, no, Breeze and Brady. has got to be in it. Yeah, Breeze and Brady are tr- so accurate. Um, Breeze is amazing, the way he puts right. the right amount of touch, seems like, on every pass. Right.
2: Now, his arm strength might be declining a little bit. Oh, it's declining. But he's completed, he completed 74% of his passes this past
1: year. Yeah, time. I think you've got to put him up there. Stafford? Now, interestingly enough, you that. probably
2: wouldn't put Kirk Cousins on this list, right? Like, not even uh,
1: close. I don't know. He he seems like he's got a nice nice little arm. Yeah, top five though, no way. I he, would not.
2: He is second in completion percentage at seventy percent, but of course, the argument for that is that a lot of his passes were short little darts to Adam Thielen.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is like the I, okay. Aaron Rodgers goes on there, even though his completion percentage I feel like wasn't so great. Um.
2: It was worse than Nick Mullins.
1: Carson Wentz does have a great arm. Like yes. that guy's got arm talent.
2: But five, top five? I'm not sure. No. How can can you put Andrew Luck on this list? Yes, for top five. Yeah. Yes. yes.
1: Well, see, you normally would, but I think it. I think if you just look at what he did in 2018, there was probably a long enough time where he still wasn't throwing the ball downfield. But yeah, he's he's
0: by the end five. of the season though he was back to being maybe not the same arm strength, but back to the same.
2: Okay, so Mahomes, Rogers, Breeze,
0: B- Luck, Bortles, and Bortles. <laughs> I think I think Philip Rivers had an amazing season,
1: but he's got such a bad arm.
0: No, he's, he's just a, got a bad. He has a bad delivery.
1: It's it's, but it's it little rainbow. It works for him. <laughs> I don't know. if he's I love top. this argument. This is a fun one.
0: Roethlisberger and, and Ryan are interesting. I think Ryan, yeah. you can make an argument for.
2: I think if it's just for
0: 2018,
2: Ryan belongs.
1: I feel like I'm missing someone big. Eli? What about Goff? (laughs) Eli? (laughs) Beckham?
2: Goff kind of slipped a little bit toward the end of the season.
1: But his arm talent didn't get worse.
2: Could he fall into the same category as Trubisky where his his play caller helped push him along?
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. Thank you. Uh, Great email. And he says, P.S. I love the Vampire League idea. I'm hoping to do a few of those leagues next year. I was thinking about that. I I think you'd want to be the vampire. I want I 100% I will only do it if I'm the vampire. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> I only do it if I get my way. <laughs> That's right. Watch out. I'm a vampire. Dangerous man. News and notes. You're pale, sucks, you're his sucks pale the pale, life man. out of every show. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski has been a regular at Gillette Stadium according to ESPN's Mike Rice. Mike Rice. Damn it. Screw it up every time.
0: Uh, he's getting treatment. I don't think that is anything you need to read into about what his his future holds.
2: Any um, inkling? I, you were no, around him no, at the Super I Bowl. Mean, uh,
0: no, I mean I, I don't think he's indicated yet what he's going to do. I don't know if he's indicated it personally to his uh, or privately to his teammates, but uh, I would get the sense that he's going to retire. I, I, a, a lot. I'm also doing this story on tight ends, so you know, talking to George Kittle and Greg Olson and kelsey and, and these guys they would like to see him come back and play because of what he's meant to that position, but you know you got to hope that the 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 fact that he felt and and I guess his teammates publicly said it that felt rejuvenated about the postseason run, you know maybe that gets him to come back for one more season.
1: I have a challenge for you, Jamie. yes, sir. <clears throat> Break the Gronkowski news <laughs> <laughs> that's it, yeah, that's it just just okay. yeah, yeah, big career challenge for you. All right, uh the Patriots pursued Odell Beckham Jr. before acquiring Josh Gordon. The 49ers have been very interested in acquiring Beckham, according to Pro Football Talk. And, of course, Jay Glazer made a bold prediction that Beckham would get traded this offseason.
0: As a Giants fan, do you want to see him traded?
1: No. No. So uh, what if it was
0: two, two firsts, one of them being a top-ten pick? Yes. Yes. You would do it for that?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. I'm ready for the uh, Evan Ingram era. Uh, the Redskins were uh, also interested in Joe Flacco before the Broncos acquired him. The Jag- Oh, darn. They missed out. Yeah. The uh, the Jaguars picked up Calais Campbell's option. He was the number seven defensive lineman in our IDP league. I'm sure all IDP leagues have different scoring, but Calais Campbell has been awesome.
0: He's he's also one of the nicest human beings you could ever come across. I, I had uh, yes, a is. chance to. Um, my kids were on the practice field at the Pro Bowl. Oh, fun. and. And Calais Campbell was so nice to my oldest son, my 6-year-old Ronan.
1: Oh, cool. Don't forget where he went
0: to school. right.
1: Yep. <laughs> he was the only the only football player I ever hung out with at Miami. And he was like... Oh, what did that look like?
0: Did he go in the forerunner?
1: <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> he probably tipped over the forerunner. <laughs> he, he's huge. Uh, he's, he was so nice, though. He yeah. was such like a normal dude. Yes. Arizona signed Charles Clay to a one-year $3.25 million deal.
0: Well, now Josh Rosen's safe. <laughs>
1: And their offensive line coach, Sean Kugler, Kugler Kugel, says yep. that they will run the ball a lot this year. I That's love Kugel. Good. Yeah. And Patrick Peterson will shadow wide receivers. Good. What an amazing idea. And Chris Godwin could be Tampa Bay's slot receiver if Adam Humphreys is gone. Good. That's good. We want him in the slot or we don't care? Oh, yes. Okay, good.
2: Does that open up a spot outside then for Tampa Bay? Uh,
0: if They keep Deshaun Jackson, which they would like to do now, apparently.
1: Uh, Oklahoma wide receiver Marquise Brown had list Frank surgery, so he's going to miss his pro day. He's going to miss the combine. He is a very good wide receiver prospect. We'll see where he gets drafted now. Marquise he's Brown, a very fast wide receiver prospect. And I hope everybody saw uh, Fleet, uh, San Diego Fleet quarterback Philip Nelson with his no look backwards pass to Gavin Escobar in the AAF.
0: Do you see there was some uh, something going around? That I think it was a high school game. That they actually did it as a play? No. Yeah, it was a, a fake field goal.
1: Uh, oh, and they threw it.
0: The kid threw it over his head. Like, For same time. exact thing. But it was it was by design. It wasn't like he was wrapped up. Well, the, they,
1: they've done that in college. I've seen that in college because it came in this very controversial, right? You snapped the maybe ball. It was, maybe it was college
0: that I saw. I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't pay attention to what the tweet was.
1: Uh, you snapped the ball to the holder on the field goal. The kicker then runs, like, behind the holder, and the holder... Throws it over his head to the kicker, hits him in right. stride. Yep. But it was controversial. No, no, no. no, no. The same not, no, no. This was though. this oh, was not? the
0: exact same thing in terms of the, the quarterback's vol- running down the place. holder. The holder was turned his back to the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. and threw it over everybody to to somebody in the end zone.
1: Oh, that, well, that's so strange. It's, but you know what the controversy is with the college play that I was referencing? Yeah. His hmm? knee's on the ground. And it's in right. college, your knee, when your knee's on the ground, you're down and the yep. holder starts to play. So they had, that's an exception to the rule. He's allowed to get up. Um, would that be funny if like every field goal was just down immediately and a miss because the holder's knee was on the ground? Okay. Anyway, last note, um, didn't put this in the show notes, but I'm going to tell you now. I saw an advertisement for a snack yesterday on TV, a new and improved butterfinger. And it was the, the the ad was basically acknowledging how crappy Butterfinger is, and it's like, hey, we're better now. So, um, so are
0: you going to try one? I, I mean, you think this is a result of your campaign? Your probably. Campaign?
1: Probably. I mean, that's why this diehard stuff. Do you know? Got so do you know mainstream. that
0: Butterfinger came to us with a, an offer, and <laughs> then they listened to our show and they said no.
1: Five million dollar podcast Do You, sponsor would you, you, think,
0: you think you'd be fired
1: over that? A hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know uh, what? I'm Jamie,
0: a- you're hosting the podcast permanently. Why? Well, uh, Butterfinger's a sponsor. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, I get it. Um, yeah, uh, nobody better lay a finger on my job security. And <laughs> I am willing to uh, lose another bet and try the new Butterfinger. All right, All let's right. finish out with some emails here uh, some keeper questions. This is from Alex. Uh, we can keep up to four players. They cannot be drafted in rounds one through three, and they can be kept for two additional years. So pick up to four of these guys. It's PPR, and it's a three-receiver league. Damian Williams in the 14th round for two years. Hunter Henry in the 15th round for two years. Nick Chubb in the 10th for two years. Darius Geis in the 8th for two years. Adam Thielen in the 7th for one year. And Sony Michelle in the 6th for two years. Just four of those? You Up to four. Up to four. Chubb's a
2: must- Henry's Michelle's a must. a must. I don't know if Henry's a must when you've got these other
0: guys. In that value, if he's a breakout tight end, 100%. Look at Damian Williams. If he's the lead back in Kansas City. He's not going to be that for two years. Uh, I, oh, I, what? i, I'll I take would take it would, for one. I would take Williams over Michelle. God, um,
1: Thielen is a must. I know it's only one yeah, year, I, I, but seventh I, Thielen, round.
0: Thielen, Henry, and, and Williams were the three that jumped out to me first, and then i say Chubb's the fourth guy. Okay. Chubb, Michelle, Thielen, and currently Damian Williams. Yeah, I'll go Williams, Henry, Chubb, and Thielen.
1: Okay, so Dave is taking a sixth-round uh, Michelle over a fift- 14th or 15th-round Hunter Henry. That's the only difference. The other three are going to be Chubb, Thielen, and you said Damian Williams, Dave? Yeah. Okay, so that's the three that they have in common. Josh Warren is in a 10-team keeper league. Everyone keeps three players, half PPR, wide receiver, heavy league, with one running back, three wide receivers, and a flex, which can be a running back, receiver, or tight end. So, again, it's 10 teams, and it's three keepers, half PPR. Uh, I'm already keeping Melvin Gordon, AJ Green, and T. Y. Hilton. Should I trade Melvin Gordon and the forty sixth overall pick for Juju Smith Schuster and the second overall pick? Um, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, they could be available. Dalvin Cook. Oh my god, yes, you're doing this. A hundred percent. Yes, Josh. Easy trade. Who would you rather have like straight up in a in a keeper league right now? Melvin Gordon or Juju?
0: Standard of PPR. Or non PPR. Well, half PPR in this
1: case. I'll take Gordon. Huh? It's half. You said. Yeah. It doesn't it,
2: to me. It doesn't matter. But this is a half point PPR league.
0: Um. So you're you're essentially trading Gordon and. I you're mean, a late round four pick. Yeah, but there's keepers involved, so it's not even that. It's basically like an eighth round pick. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, there's much better value with the Juju side of things.
1: This is from Cody. Where's Cody from? Wait a minute.
2: You asked if it's Gordon or Juju. Well, Which one would I rather have?
1: Yes, yes. Obviously,
2: in the trade, I want the second overall pick. Yeah, no, I,
1: I was asking a separate question. Right. Who's okay. more, yeah. Ta- do the trade, give up Melvin Gordon, but I wanted to know who you value more, just straight up, Melvin Gordon or Juju Smith-Schuster.
0: In a, in a keeper redraft situation where it's just a one-season thing, I'd rather have Gordon. In a Dynasty League, I'd rather have Juju.
1: Okay. And where's Cody from, Dave? Columbus, Ohio. I think he's probably from Canada, because he says, dear Ricky Julian... Randy and Mr. Leahy, and I think those are the Trailer Park Boys, and I think they're from Canada. Yeah, they are. 12-team keeper league. You can keep up to four players. We do an auction draft. So in order to keep a player, you have to pay five more dollars than you drafted him for the previous year, or five more uh, fab dollars than you spent on him in free agency. So we have a $200 budget. I'm keeping Mahomes, Aaron Jones, and Zach Ertz for a combined $27. It's terrific. Thanks. One more spot. Uh, let's see. This league has two, two running backs, two receive. Okay. Yeah, normal. Non-PPR pick one. $45 Devontae Adams. Joe Mixon for 39. Kareem Hunt for 11. Stefan Diggs for 34. Mike Evans for 36.
0: What's the budget? $100 200. 200, 200. Which makes it
2: far more palatable for Devontae. The thing is, is that Mixon is a pretty good value too, but you've already got Jones. Mahomes and Ertz are on your team. I just feel like you'll be a little more well rounded if you keep Devontae Adams.
0: And you said you're keeping all those three guys for twenty seven dollars, right? Yes. So then if your your fourth guy puts you at if it's Adams at seventy two? Is that right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh no, yeah. no. Sixty Oh yeah, yeah, seventy two, yeah.
0: So that leaves you 100... Fantasy Math. Hundred and thirty <laughs> nine hundred and thirty eight dollars left for the rest of your team.
1: hmm Whatever you
2: said, sure, I agree. One hundred
0: and twenty eight dollars for the rest of your
2: team. Um, sends one email to the CBS sports <laughs> fan.
0: I think <laughs> I think I think you can get a, you can get away with Adams. Uh you know, if you want to save a few bucks, depending on what you want to get, Evans or Diggs aren't bad.
1: But who do you take first in a draft, especially in non PPR, Mixon or Adams? Adams. Adams, you do okay. All yeah. right, guys.
0: Um, I, I I talked to Adams about being the number one fantasy receiver. He's my number one fantasy receiver, and he was like awesome. <laughs> he was really excited about it. It's funny.
1: I'm almost positive he was number one going into week 17, which he missed. He yeah. was. Yeah. So cool. All right, guys. Thank you very much. It's Jamie and Dave. I'm Adam. We're back no, no, on no, Thursday. No, 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 no. What? Oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's I'm, rusty. I'm rusty. You forgot. I mean, what did I miss? Huh? What did I miss? You know. I do
0: know.
1: Yeah. Am I supposed to say it?
0: No. So let it linger.
1: (laughs) Gotta go by. Dave, play us out. Na, 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 na 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 na